Get a bloody move on you. Come on. Wow. Okay. Day. You know what? Day. Do you know Come what? On. Do you know what? Got uh, got your hot takes to edit out. Hurry up. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer FC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, dare I ask, how are you doing? I am doing okay. Uh, sorry, I was a bit late this morning. It was my fault. I had a bit of a coffee-related drama. They can't tell. Don't let them peek behind the curtain. They can't tell. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, everything's fine. <laughs> what was the I drama? Was on time. What was the drama? I had this really weird thing where I dropped my coffee, but it was really strange. Like, you know, you know usually when you drop a cup of coffee, it will tilt and it'll right. go everywhere. So my, I was holding my coffee cup stupidly, not on the handle. Oh, no. Okay. And it slipped out of my hand, but it just landed like properly on the table, which was cool. It didn't break, but it, the coffee just went everywhere. And I kept finding it in random parts of the kitchen. Yeah, because the way it exploded up was like a projectile. Yeah, like the yeah. physics of that it must have been quite yeah. beautiful, though, on a positive note. Um, I mean, that wasn't going through my mind at the time, no. Oh, okay. I didn't stand there after just dropping my coffee being like, wow, that was so beautiful. Well, I, I have a- I was just like, what the hell? I've just dropped my coffee. <laughs> no, this is a nightmare. <laughs> anyway. Apart okay. from that, I am doing okay. In solidarity, I have a coffee confession as well. So the other day when I was making mine and running to my laptop, I filled up my bottle of water and had my coffee. And they were both really hot. And I think I was holding them both like not by the handles, right? Obviously the bottle of water's in a handle. And so the bottle of water was like baking hot. Because sometimes I like really hot water because it's good for my Oh yeah, digestion. you always do this when you, when, yeah, whenever, right. after we eat, you're like, oh, can I get some hot water? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a horrifying moment. Do you want me to run your bath? Yeah. Oh, horrifying <laughs> moment, halfway to my laptop, walking across a wooden floor where I could have dropped both of them. And it was, t- it was, it was touch and go. And in a parallel universe, I'm still cleaning it up in a parallel Aww. universe. Yeah. Like the wolf of this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm very far from the you're, wolf of this podcast. Yeah, you're definitely not the wolf of this podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I love you very much, man, but you are not the wolf of this podcast. I'm not. I'm not. You, and can I actually say this as well, in solidarity as well? I had to do a music playlist recently, as you know, for like this book I did. So I had, yeah. to, edit this, had to edit 23 minutes of audio. Ryan. <laughs> My respect for your skill set was already... Uh, you know, an, an extraordinary high, but my God, <laughs> 22 minutes of audio. I had to have a lie down afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets. <laughs> I had to lie down. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Everything is fine. Oh my it's, goodness. It's, I feel like the dog in the meme, but this is just, that's just me at my laptop once we've hung up the call and it's time to edit. <laughs> everything is fine two and a half hours of audio i've got to somehow make this into a 55 minute podcast and how are you though man you good basking in the the well basking in the love of in the end it was all about love i keep seeing lots of people posting pictures of their copies my friend actually sorry i know i just asked you how i was and then i'm just going to carry on talking but my friend i spoke to my friend last night drew shouts to drew brilliant music producer faulty dl Oh, yeah, 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 legend. Yeah, yeah. he was just like, oh, man, I got Moose's book. And I was like, how the hell have you got it in New York? And I still not got it yet. (laughs) Oh, my God, legend. Lovely guy as well. Lovely guy. Yeah, Drew's amazing. So, yeah, man, how's it going? How are you? Really lovely. Just, I've never had a response like this to a project before. Never. Um, Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry. 
Yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> Stadio, hello. Well, no, but the instant, yeah, but the instant. I don't know, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I want this. That's, uh, that's number two. I think with this. <laughs> I mean, Stadio's not really a project, is it? It's a catfish, Ryan. It's I, haven't fi- I haven't fired enough shots of you that this week. I have to do them right at his house. <laughs> that was a great, by the way, can I say, not to plug something else in the network, but I loved this episode, actually. Thanks, man. It was really fun. I just love the fact you mentioned Ivan de la Pena. Oh, yeah. When Ryan talked. Uh, so it's really interesting. Quick story. So for those, obviously, we'll wrote this into the admin. Righty's House episode went up on Wednesday. Uh, it contained the first ever Righty's House mailbag, which was super fun. And Righty was so into it. Hyped. He, was, yeah. he loved it so much. He, he, like his whole energy, he was so happy. He was really, really kind of overwhelmed, I think, by the questions as well. So thanks to everyone who sent in questions for Righty's House. And we'll definitely definitely do another one of those we'll, we'll do a full mailbag episode every now and again on Wrighty's house i think because he just loved it yeah. the thing about shearer during the the, the, the shearer lionel richie thing had me in bits i was i lost you know i nearly was i was gone ryan i was gone <laughs> <laughs> that is like a sick call the, re- the call and response <laughs> with alan shearer <laughs> the knowledge that alan shearer cannot resist singing lionel richie if you start it i i think this is those two are a sitcom waiting to happen. They are. Oh, they're amazing, those two. Yeah. yeah. So it was a really fun episode. But it was really funny. So when we were proofing it, I got a text off Roscoe and he was just like, Moose are taking shots. And I was just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just like every episode. Story of my like life. Every episode. <laughs> but yeah, man, you all good though, apart from that? Yeah, great. Thanks. No complaints. Yeah. All good. Keep yeah. them warm. Absolutely. Absolutely freezing here. But uh, before, Somehow, uh, yeah. just, just, just a little shout out to our Canadian listeners. listeners. Uh, we know it's we know it's minus thirty six in Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to t- you don't have to reply. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it's like Canadian listeners are our Alan Shearer. Basically, when we talk about the weather, that's us firing out the first line of a Lionel Richie tune. Exactly. Canadian call like, the response. It's minus 36 here. <laughs> yeah. It's minus 36. We call it the cold in response. Whenever you mention the cold, <laughs> whenever you mention the cold, the cold, one Canadian has to reply. Stay warm, Canadians. Yeah, stay warm, stay warm. Another quick bit of admin before we get on to today's episode. If you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It would be very much appreciated. Yep, yep. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer for all of your football needs on the ringer and also our outros playlist on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outros on Spotify and you will find a playlist with every tune that we play out with each episode. The most recent one will be at the top and that gets updated every episode. Uh, so if you like some music and you need a playlist, there you go. Get to it. Should we go on to some football? Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you 
and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, man, I would like to begin with the Women's Super League, if you don't mind, because after a pivotal weekend in the Super League, it felt like a pivotal midweek. Yes. Um, another big clash, this time between Chelsea and Arsenal. There were a couple of postponements. Birmingham City and Villa was postponed, as was Spurs, Bristol City. Uh, Brighton beat West Ham 1-0, following on from their brilliant defeat brilliant win on the weekend over Chelsea but Chelsea against Arsenal was the showpiece fixture of the midweek games yeah. and a bit of an existential defeat for Arsenal I think because it was wasn't it yeah yeah we touched on it a little bit about how Arsenal struggled through the winter and they've taken one point from the games that they've played against the top three this season um, and that was the draw at home to Chelsea the sad thing is watching this game you can see mm. why you can see why this was actually this is um, the first time I've actually watched Arsenal and been, I would say, concerned for the, the current direction, if that makes sense. Mm. Because in every measure, Chelsea were superior. Yeah, absolutely. And what's worrying about this is was that Chelsea didn't even fully fire. So, mm. I mean, it was nil nil at half time. That's the right, thing about this game. Yeah, and that was interesting. So, just to sort of recap, so that Chelsea three, Chelsea three, Arsenal nil. Two goals from Panella Harder, one goal from Frank Kirby, and. The worry in this game, so you saw it from, I saw it very early on, Arsenal being quite sort of dogmatic and trying to play out from the back repeatedly and it wasn't working and they invited pressure. Now, there is no shame in playing long against the Chelsea attack that good, especially when Arsenal's key opportunity and threat, it seemed, was that Arsenal became very good. After about 25 minutes, Arsenal kind of worked out, do you know what? We have to just swarm the midfield. And they became very, very good at kind of like clustering midfield, almost like a diamond formation, very tight. And I thought to myself, why don't Arsenal just hit it long and get it into that area, win a second ball and then play? Because what they did once they got into the final third actually was quite good. They actually engineered a couple of really good opportunities in the first mm. half. One in particular, Miedemar probably should have scored. Miedemar yeah, should have actually, that one yeah. with their left foot. Yeah, if, if you mm. consider Miedemar at her best, not her best, because she actually had not a bad game, Miedemar, at her optimal finishing level, puts that away, right? And it just struck me as quite strange that Arsenal weren't turning to a technique that could have worked for them. Especially when Chelsea actually were slightly, um, not saying sort of anxious, but slightly too vigorous in the tackle. So they got a couple of yellows, actually. Loopholes and, and G got yellows. And G looked actually weirdly out of sorts all game. And I think G, funnily enough, has been slightly negatively affected by the arrival of Penilla Harder, because Penilla Harder likes playing as a second striker, but G's mm. best position is a 10. So she's on the flank, comes quite on the edge of it. And <laughs> if there was an existential booking at any point in the midweek, it was probably G's one. But despite all of that, Chelsea still had two extra gears on Arsenal. Mm. And this was the worry. And I will say the emblem of this defeat, and I don't like to single players out, but I'm only mentioning her because 
her uncertainty in possession and distribution is something I hadn't seen before. Daniel van der Donk really did not look at ease uh, in this game, if that makes sense. Like just given, mm. you know, her style is like that real blend of like intensity and guile, getting the ball through the lines, carrying the ball well. And she looked tentative. And I felt like that, that tentative nature was something I saw throughout the Arsenal team. And I, I hadn't seen that before in them, mm. I'm honest. Yeah, I think, that, I mean, van der Donk this season struggled initially in the early stages of the season to get into the side. I think they were managing her fitness. Mm. First of all, I want to praise Chelsea. Yes, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Responding from losing on the weekend and losing their unbeaten run in the Super League, mm. I don't think Emma Hayes could have asked for a better response. I mean, 3-0 at home to Arsenal. It would have been very, very easy for this Chelsea side to play conservatively. Mm. But at the end of the game, you'd be hard-pressed to even remember that that Brighton game happened. Mm. Yeah, It was like business as usual. Right. We've said numerous times this season that that Chelsea squad is is more stacked than any other in the Super League, apart from maybe Manchester City. But I think you'd still you'd still give it to Chelsea in terms of balance. overall squad depth, quality, yeah. and squad depth. And you know they have arguably the best striker in the world, maybe two of the top five best players in the world. Right. This is the thing they managed a lot of the last year or so without Frank Kirby. It would have been very very easy. For, I think it was easy for all of us to forget how integral. Frank Kirby was to that Chelsea squad before she got diagnosed with her condition and was out for a while. You've seen how amazing she's been since she's come back in. And the fact that they can have people like Beth England in or out of the side, right. who was player of the year last season. The options they have there are Unreal. genuinely mind-blowing. Additions like Melanie Leupoldt's this season have been unbelievable. Yeah, And then all of a sudden you hear the commentator say, Gura Wright, and you're like, oh yeah. This squad is just stacked in every single position. I think in terms of names alone, it's approaching the peak Leon side. In terms I agree. Of wow I, agree. Factor. I agree. I agree. So in isolation, losing to Chelsea, I don't think is any, anything to be too ashamed of. I think what's happened this season for Arsenal is that they missed out on Champions League last season. They kind of blew the league a little bit, I think. And they had I, a real opportunity to, I agree. to win I agree. it. And it was, for those who don't know, because the season just suspended, Chelsea won it on the points per game ratio it was awarded. And no one could really argue. I think Chelsea were ultimately the best side in the league last season. Especially since Chelsea beat them 4-1. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But having won the league this season before and, and looked so devastating under the first, in the first two, one and a half, two years of, of Joe Montemora in charge, having a player like Viv Miedema there, having the players that they have there, bringing in players like Caitlin Ford, who has been really good for Arsenal this season, bringing in people like Jill Rod, who I think, again, has been unbelievable since she's, since she's come in, adding to that midfield of like Kim Little, getting Jordan Nobbs back from injury. Everything was kind of set up for Arsenal to make a really decent challenge for the league this year. And I think, I, I think at the beginning of the season, we assumed that the top three would be Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yes. Arsenal absolutely exploded out of the blocks at the beginning yeah. of the season. Yeah, were hammering that. teams left, right and centre. And then I think it was the defeat to Manchester United was their first defeat. I think the first points they dropped of the season in the league. Definitely their first defeat. I'm, I have to go back and check the fixtures. Since then, they have really struggled. Mm. And I think it's an accumulation of a few things at Arsenal. I think it's lack of squad depth yes. in certain areas, even yeah. though they have added really well in certain areas. I think a lack of intensity around the playing environment, I think. That's interesting. That also comes from squad depth as well, doesn't it? The competitive yeah. within the squad. Yeah. 
But also the amount of injuries that they've had over the last couple of years has been so wild that the club has launched an internal investigation into what's going on. That's how bad it's been because it's got to the point where it's no longer a fluke. To have the volume of injuries that Arsenal have had over the last couple of years relentlessly, Mm. something must be going on. Yeah, And I also think whilst Arsenal have made some good signings, I think if you look at the signings that Manchester City, Manchester United, yeah, Manchester United as well, this is only their second season in the league and Chelsea have made this season. It's another factor into it that, that makes the whole situation kind of sad for Arsenal and, and, not, and sad in a way where, you know, it looks like it's going to be a second season without Champions League football. And I think if you'd said that when they won the league a couple of years ago, no one would have believed you that they would have gone the next two years without Champions League football. Well, so, yeah, exactly. That's a great analysis. And you look at what Susie Rack said on Twitter about this Arsenal's failure to recruit and be mm. competitive. Look at this. So you're an Arsenal fan and you see Sam Mewis, Rose Lavelle, Kristen Press, Tobin Heath come to Women's Super League and you're like, what? Well, why aren't they, why aren't they coming here? Like, we need them. We need them. And the problem for Arsenal, like you say, is you can name Arsenal's best 11 with a click of your fingers. You shouldn't be able to do that. An elite team, you should not be able to name their best 11 that, that easily. No, yeah. no, no. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. See Fran Kirby the other day, Frank Kirby yesterday, her movement, her directness. I've mentioned before how Bruno Fernandes plays downhill. She has that quality. She plays downhill, like always on the front foot, unbelievable urgency. And that return shakes up everyone in the squad. You mentioned Beth, in- Beth England, Guru Wrighton and Jisoo Yon were either out of position yesterday in that went over Arsenal or on the bench. Drew Spence was on the bench. One of the best game-breaking dribblers mm-hmm. pretty much in world football on the bench. This is just like it's calm. Whereas Arsenal and the physical, they just beat the intensity. I think it's a, a squad depth issue, but also, Ryan, they were out-muscled. Mm-hmm. This is the concern, the physical nature of what Chelsea did. Chelsea's press, not just more aggressive, but just more physical. And you look at someone like Sophie Ingle as the emblem of this Chelsea team, someone who just has complete command. And I, I look at Arsenal and just feel like, you know, their swagger, their authority has, has gone. And you, you're, you know, injuries, obviously, you know, Kim Little being, you know, is, is an integral part of that, that team. And someone like Kim Little, you said mentioned underrated, but in her absence, you see the, you see the loss to Arsenal, mm-hmm. but for Chelsea, it's interchangeable. And I, I don't want to like, I don't want to talk too much about squad depth because obviously, you know, Joe Montemurro, there's things he could have done better. Yeah, but I, I do think squad depth is an issue, mate, because like basically, if you look at in a game like this, sorry to cut yeah. you off, but in a game like this, Chelsea yeah. were able to name three, sub, three more substitutes. Three more substitutes. This isn't the first time this has happened. I just think it's a real shame because I think that the, the point you made about the, the players arriving from the NWSL was interesting. Mm. But imagine how that feels, Ryan. You, mm. Especially when, you know, the NWSL Challenge Cup as well was an incredible shop window for so many of those players. We knew how good they were already, but still. Mm. But as an Arsenal fan, you would be expecting to pick up a marquee signing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Sam Mewis would elevate any midfield she walked into. But if you look at the amount that Rose Lavelle's been used this year for Manchester City, Arsenal really could have done with someone like that. And I think that Caitlin Ford, Caitlin Ford has done quite well to take the heat or the pressure off Viviana Miedemar in a finishing sense. But the problem that Arsenal have is if they're not careful, you know, there were already whispers around Leon going after Miedemar. 
And if they're not careful, they could be in a situation where their best player, she could go. And if she goes, Arsenal are in massive trouble because that, that's, that triggers something else then. That's, when players like that leave at this, at this point in time, that's really bad. And Arsenal have to be really careful. I think, that they're, they're, I think they're now 12 points off Chelsea. The league is gone. Champions League is going to be extremely tough. Seven points off City as well. And City mm. surging. You're not going to make those points up on City. And bear in mind, a week ago, that was a point, that gap. Right. And the way that City are now surging. I hate to draw the comparison, but I feel it warrants it. It worries me. It feels like, it feels like a Barcelona 2013-14 and their reliance on Messi. Mm. And it's kind of crept up on them because there was one of the most forlorn sights yesterday was watching her dropping 60 yards deep to receive possession and spray it and switch. Not and the first do things. she's done that this season either. Right. And it was, you know, I've got to say, Ryan, it was, um, it was a bit disconcerting to view from Arsenal's perspective. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't, and also like the thing about Leon, her and Leon actually need each other at this point of their careers. What I mean is in terms of her needing the platform to just take the pressure off her and let her just score goals and Leon need a fresh injection of talent. They need that because the chasing pack are advancing and they're getting more confident. We see Bayern are growing confidence in the Bundesliga. I still think Bayern have got a little way to go on the European stage, but Bayern are coming. Um, Chelsea are coming. Well, Barcelona as well. If you look at Barcelona, maybe we'll just touch on this briefly. But Barcelona beat better 6-0 in the week. We didn't mention it on Monday's show. We tweeted about it. Barcelona are, are breaking records in the Primera at the moment. They've won their first 16 games of the season, which is a record. They have conceded three goals in 16 games, scored 84. They have a goal difference of plus 81 after 16 games. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry. And like, com- it's, their, it's, their it's development, like if you compare, it to, you compare it to Atleti, who were really up there with with Barcelona a few years ago. Yeah. Atleti played three games more and have got 13 points less. And they're in fifth at the moment in the league. So playing for a club like Barcelona now, a few more years into their development, it's very, very appealing. So I do think the, the Super League is the destination at the moment. Mm, yes, yes. So I think that is an advantage for them to keep hold of players like Minamar. It's parallels with the men's team in a way where they had some really great players playing outside of Europe's top competition and they managed to keep them. So... I think United caught everyone cold this year. And yeah, in, particular, I do. in particular Arsenal, I think they just, you know, I think there was an element of at recruitment level, oh, like we've got a great squad and then like, you know, United bring in Heath and, and uh, Press mm-hmm. and it changes the game. Mm-hmm. Changes the game. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, let's do... The FA Cup. Oh my goodness, this is wild. Let's start with Everton, Tottenham Hotspur. Everton 5, Tottenham Hotspur 4, after extra time. Uh, Shouts to Jack Supple who tweeted, this was the highest scoring FA Cup game between two top flight teams for over 60 years since Sheffield Wednesday beat Manchester United 7-2 on February the 1st, 1961. Oh my goodness. It was also, shouts to Richard Jolly, 
It was only the third time in his 981 game managerial career that a Jose Mourinho team conceded five goals after Barcelona 5, Real Madrid 0 and Spurs 5, Chelsea 3. Wow. I love stats like that. This game was so wild and by far and away the pick of the FA Cup ties this week. <laughs> it had everything, didn't it? It had everything. A Davison Sanchez doppelpack. Also, can I mention, it had five Champions Leagues just casually chilling on the managerial, <laughs> like on the touchline. <laughs> you imagine. So chilling. Did you see Carlo's reaction for the fifth goal? My Legends. God. Legends Everyone's only. going absolutely wild. He's, he's just worried about blowing his, his, uh, <laughs> his hot drink cool enough to take a sip. The fifth goal to take the lead in extra time in an FA Cup tie over Jose Mourinho's side. And Carlo's just like, whatever. Do you know who he is? You know those people, that are, those actors who are permanently famous and they're always invited to the Oscars? And they look at the young actors, it's their first ever Oscars, and everyone's running and going, oh my God, I'm the Oscars. He's like Jack Nicholson. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah. Or like Gene Hackman. He's like, oh, this is, oh, this is calm. This is nothing. He's like that. <laughs> I'd really want him to adopt me. You know, I might actually f- send in an official request and see if he can. Actually, I don't, no, so, sorry, dad, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Just realized <laughs> dad listens to this. <laughs> uh, you're a great dad, dad. I love you very much. Sorry. <laughs> <I just, laughs> want away son Ryan Hood yeah exactly left, left his new a, challenge just family on a free transfer <laughs> yeah I just I just think I've achieved all I can with this family and I'm looking forward to a new challenge exactly I'm looking forward to joining the Ancelotti project <laughs> get yourself a double barreled name Ryan Hunt Ancelotti holy shit Ryan Ancelotti <laughs> hello you should yeah you should do it oh my god I might just change it anyway. <laughs> I mean, Carlo, just having him manager at Everton. Just feels right. Just feel, do you know what it feels like? Mm. You know, in Berlin, we've got the, the TV tower, the Fernsehturm. Mm-hmm. And you walk through the city, you just see it there. Mm-hmm. And it's glistening. It's like, ah, oh, that's there. as it should be. Ancelotti's like that. Just having him there is this balance in the force. He's like, do you know who he reminds me of, actually? He's Bill Murray. I love that. Yeah, I like that. I love that. He's done all of the, the flash stuff in his career. And he's now just doing like Wes Anderson movies. He just turns up at fun stuff. Like, what well, does that story of Bill Murray just turning up at parties randomly? Oh, there was this amazing blog, I think. I think I'm remembering this right. There was a blog. I'm not sure if I told this on the podcast before. But it was basically where people, I think people would submit their Bill Murray stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. There was also that amazing, that amazing one as well where Bill Murray, instead of, instead of signing an autograph for these guys, they asked him if he, if he would film a slow-mo uh, walk down a corridor oh, for amazing. them, like amazing. in a movie. And he did it. Oh my God. See, I love stuff it's, like it's that. On, it's on Vimeo, actually. It's amazing. It's so good. Ancelotti definitely has that Bill Murray energy. You're right. And- yeah. But Ancelotti would totally yeah. just be like, do you know what Ancelotti would do? If he was walking past a five-a-side pitch, like say he was walking past his dog or something like that, and you'd be like, oh, we need a ref. He'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. I love, have you seen that bit when he's doing kickups and he's like, you know, 16, he's just absolutely nailing it. He's amazing. There has not been a boardroom or a dressing room in which he has not been beloved for his entire career. I really, really hope that he, um, that he just stays at Everton for ages. Can you imagine if he's there for like a decade, Ancelotti? But it'd be perfect because there's, kind of, there's a kind of decency there's a kind of decency around Everton managers, actually. There's a thing. There is an ethos. You know, clubs have an energy, have a kind of 
mm. ethos. There is a decency around this man. And I'm just so happy to see him doing well. And I'm really happy to see Everton. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking, Everton are longer a catfish. What they are now, they're like, they're like a messy fish that loves drama. When I saw this, saw this picture, I thought, of course it's Everton involved in this. There's something about them that's just like, they're really fun in the best possible way. Mm. See how the creative players like Sigurdsson and Rodriguez and Richarlison and you know, Bernard, they're, they're enjoying themselves. Mm. Calvert, look, they're really having fun in attack. And that is the greatest gift you can give your players at the highest level, I believe. The greatest gift is the ability to let them play with freedom, mm. to enable they, them to play with freedom. Unless you're Jose Mourinho, because... <laughs> 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 Jan Agafiotov tweeted something that I found so funny and I don't want to like dig him out here or anything so apologies because he's really great Fiotov yeah, on yeah, like yeah, Bundesliga yeah, yeah. interviews especially he's really really good but <laughs> he kind of tweeted this thing where it was just like you know you park the bus you get a load of shit you concede four goals you get a load of shit yeah but like this isn't the only way. Yeah, it's not a referendum. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are more than two ways to play football. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time that Everton have reached the FA Cup quarterfinals since 2016. Hmm. And I just think it's, it's really good for them to have a cup run. The expectations placed on the club, I don't think are, are that drastic. I think Everton fans will be okay, for example, with a deep cup run and a top half finish. Because especially with the season that we're in, but they do have two games in hand in the league on all of the teams above them apart from Manchester City. If they win those games in hand, they'll go level on points with Leicester in third. This is what I love about so they will, they, yeah. yeah, They will overtake Liverpool. They will be in the Champions League spot. And it yeah. really wouldn't surprise me if Everton were in the Europa League next season. And to be honest, the way that the season's going, I think it would be a little bit of a shock, but it wouldn't be unthinkable for them to get a Champions League spot. And I know that there are a load of Everton fans being like, why have you done this, Ryan? Why have you said this? Now this is never going to happen. Because we said this a couple of seasons ago. We said this yeah. at the beginning of last season, didn't we? On Was yeah. it the first ever Stadio episode? I think we were like, Everton we made go to the Champions League. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but genuinely, I think this is the most settled and the hardest to beat Everton I think I've seen for a while because Everton were very much like, even when they, through the Martinez years where they would occasionally absolutely hammer teams, mm. they were still quite easy to get at. Yeah, This Everton side has a really great mixture of youth, a, a little sprinkling of Galactico if you think about it with someone like Hamez and Richarlison and, and, and but then Decore and who I think has been the low-key, like, their signing of the season, to be honest. And a bit of street smart. They look street smart, this Everton side, I think. I'm going to draw a parallel with another city, actually, and Liverpool, obviously, a great city, so just say that to start with. Everton reminds me the time I did, I did a poetry gig once in Sheffield. And I, it was an amazing experience. From the moment I got off the train, I absolutely loved it. And I remember talking to this guy, and I said, what is it about Sheffield? This ama- there's a vibe here mm. that's unreal. And he said, um, do you know what it is? He said, I came to Sheffield for uni. And I loved it so much. I got a bar job and I left and I'm still here. Mm. I feel like Everton is that same energy that I got when I went to Sheffield that time. It's a club where the dressing room is, look how many players have gone there and either like improved under Ancelotti and within the club as a whole, not just Ancelotti, but the coaching and the general environment of the club. And they've been slightly uncertain in their careers and they've become happy. You look at like Yerry Mina, for example. Yeah. And it's not that he's found his level. 
is that actually the environment is so conducive to his happiness. That he's like, you know what? I'm going to hang around for a bit. You know, like this, I always look at there's certain clubs in, in um, Europe like that. There's certain cities like that. Like Lisbon is a place that a lot of players go and retire after, after playing. Like Stefan Schwartz. Stefan Schwartz is back there, you know. Um, nice. You look, oh, nice, nice. Look nice at Seville. Is that two Stefan Schwartz in, mentions <laughs> in two weeks on the Ringer FC feed? You look at, you look at, you look at um, Seville as well. Players retiring after they've played. And I just think Everton's got a really lovely energy about it at the moment. It's, it, feels, mm. it feels like the kind of club where the assessment of someone's success is not just league position, but how's everyone feeling about the manager? Mm. How's everyone feeling about the football? Is this a recognisably Everton side that we're putting out? And to their credit, like, you know, there's like, there's so many fixtures on every week. They're a team I always look forward to watching. Yeah. I always enjoy them. There's certain clubs in particular, like, oh, they give you a good vibe. And you see them on the fixture list, ooh, Leeds are playing. Oh, I'll check them out. Everton, check them out. Villa, I'll check them out. There are just certain clubs you just always look out for. I would say that they're the Premier League's Atalanta, but the, the problem with the Premier League is that you have so many historically huge clubs actually I think that as much as, huge, Atal- yeah. as, as much as I love Atalanta I don't think they're anywhere near as big a club as like Everton or even Villa you know I mean it's like they're, they're, these clubs are massive yeah, yeah they're massive, huge yeah. like big European pe- pedigree historically as well maybe they're not like of the very top tier super club element but very few mm. clubs are yeah it's a very small table but you know I remember writing a, the, the piece I wrote when the tran- tran- transfer window finished about Thiago James and Bale and I remember saying, you know, Everton are a big club. Yeah. And someone in my mentions just being like, how are Everton a big club? And I was like, how are they not? They're huge. They're huge. Huge. Never been relegated. Yeah, right. Never been down. Right. That's Come boss. On, That's like, elite levels. Yeah. What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> are we doing you know, this? Exactly. Like, yeah. Are you not entertained? Exactly. You know, just like, what more do you want from me? I'm going to go full permit as Zaka after. Was it after the Algeria game? What do you <laughs> want from me? Shoulders <laughs> going like, I'm going to go and sit in an ice bath. I'm knackered. What do you want from me? Um, should we not quickly wrap up the rest of the FA Cup games? Yeah, let's Just do it. Just very, 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 very quickly. Yeah. So obviously Manchester City went through against Swansea fairly comfortably. Yeah, yeah. The Leicester-Brighton game had a great finish, mm. but was quite dry until about 80 minutes. I think the first shot on target in the game came in the 84th minute. Uh, Inacho with a headed winner in the last minute of stoppage time. Manchester United... One West Ham nil. I didn't watch this game live. There, <laughs> so Carl was there. I think right, he was yeah. there. Obviously, yeah. only Mark Noble waved at him. No one waved at him. No one was being social. That was really funny, by the way. Did you see the video? See, no, I didn't see it. No, 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 no. When they were coming out to warm up, right, he's on the television gantry with Shearer and uh, with Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker, and he's mm. waving to them like he does every time. No one was waving back and Shearer and Lineker were absolutely pissed. Oh my stuff. goodness. And it was only Mark Noble turned around and waved back. Oh, that's know, a it's really Check the video on his Instagram. It's so good. <laughs> in the in Wrighty's House WhatsApp group, there was a little bit of chat after the game about the game itself, let's say. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. didn't watch it live, but I knew all of you did. And I think my comment was, on the scale of Ukraine, Switzerland to peak era Classico, what are we talking here? Yeah. I mean, I it wasn't, mean, so it wasn't quite Ukraine-Switzerland, was it? No, nothing was, because Ukraine-Switzerland in the 2006 World Cup, there was a sense that game would never end. And actually, I think... <laughs> it's still going on. It's I'm, still I'm still not going. convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not they're convinced. All like, they're all like, pandemic? What pandemic? <laughs> We've got Social five minutes of stoppage time. We've had five minutes of stoppage time for 15 years. 
when the, when the board came up and it said 15, they're like, oh, what, 15 minutes of extra time? They said, no years no, of extra time. No years, guys. Yeah. Yes, yes. We've closed the portal. <laughs> <laughs> that game is an infinity stone. Really is. That game itself. So um, I would say, yeah, this United West Ham, um, what can we say other than West Ham have traditionally given United a bit, quite a bit of stress in the FA Cup and mm. they got through, lovely strike by McTominay and that's kind of the end of it really. United showing the ability to win difficult, dull, uninspiring games and that's a huge, and that's a compliment. I'm not saying that in a negative, I'm saying on those nights where things aren't fully clicking to still get the result, I have huge respect for a team that can do that. So mm. they came through and that's all that can be said about that, really. Sheffield United got a really important win. Yeah, it's good for momentum for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, Burnley losing at home to Bournemouth. Great result for Bournemouth. Really great. Under yeah, Jonathan great. Woodgate. Doing some pretty cool stuff, actually, Bournemouth. Shout out to Ahmed Trubel, who's covering them for The Athletic. Yeah, for The Athletic. Yeah, yeah shout yeah. out to Ahmed. He wrote a piece for Stadio. Great writer. Great dude. Uh, let's take a quick break. All right, man, let's start around some other cup competitions. So we had the first leg of the uh, Sevilla-Barcelona Copa del Rey tie. Barcelona losing 2-0. A bit spicy, this. It was. Even Rakitic scoring for Sevilla against the side that let the him dagger. go. The dagger, yeah. The second goal late on. Julius Kunde, he scored a really, really good goal for the first, breaking through. But there was some, let's say generous defending from Barcelona. I, I, actually, I wanted to say this because everyone was raving at the goal and I wasn't watching it live. I was watching a different game. So I switched over and saw it and I was like, hang on a minute. That's mm. actually not the best goal in night. Now everyone's going, oh, Umtiti, terrible defending. I'm like, he was exposed by two terrible pieces of defending before him. And it was like, Barcelona's defending as a team was generous for that opening goal. And when I saw the praise of Kunde's goal, I couldn't help but feel, this feels a little bit like deflection. Right, it's not like Beckenbauer for Germany, just playing three one twos through the defence and cutting through. It wasn't like that. It was more like this was an improv solo goal. It was a lovely goal, but it was improv. Yeah, I think he had a good game though, and he's played really well. He's been he's, he's had a, a fine, season. He's, he's a yeah, fine he's had a really yeah. good season for Sevilla, which is not something you could say about Ivan Rakitic. And uh, there was a no, lot of, no. there was a lot of hashtag narrative going around after the game about Rakitic and like, oh look look at what you could have won Barca, but. <sighs> He was an unbelievable player from a lot of the Barcel- his Barcelona career. And like we've mentioned before, you know, his biggest crime was probably not being Javi Hernandez. And it was sec- his spe- second biggest crime was being the full guy and doing an astonishing amount of defensive work. I cannot name a player of that technique and that talent, that durable, mm. who was forced, not forced, I mean, he was paid very good money, but who was asked to do so many different jobs and did them without complaint mm. and then got so hammered for it. Mm. As much as I do love him, he has not hasn't had a good been year. good no, this no. year. But it was nice to see him scoring. Yeah, we're recording this ahead of the first leg of the other semi-final. Coppa Italia, the final has been decided. Yeah, it will be yeah. Juventus against Atalanta. And it's it's weird because we've normalised football being back so quickly, but Bergamo are in a final. Like that region with all that it's been through is in the final of the Copa. And at first I was watching them get to the finals. Like, oh, wow, this is big, you know, because for them to be in the final Copa final is a big deal. But then I was like, yeah, but there's the extra stuff. Mm. There's all the COVID stuff and that's got an extra weight. The way they've played has been such a credit to that region, you know. So Juve drew nil-nil in the second leg. So it means that they go through against um, Inter. Mm-hmm. And Atalanta came through against Napoli 3-1. Now that, that is just a great tie. When you see those two teams that's on the board. a good game, board, that, actually. Yeah, really good game. And what I love about Atlanta is 
most clubs when it's 2-1, you're 2-1 up and they ended up doing 3-1. When you're 2-1 up and you're struggling, you know, you're trying, you're trying to sit if I care. You, you might sit deep. Atlanta are like, keep calm and pass and move. You know, that's, that's their energy. Like they kept playing their football. This is the thing. Yeah, that matchup I think is so unpredictable in Napoli-Atalanta. Just the energy in that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. a, you're not 11 years old in the first year of school and the chemistry teacher puts on their goggles and you're like, oh shit, what's yeah, about exactly. to happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then they put the plastic shield up in front and it's like, oh shit, they're throwing it's potassium on. into water. Yes, oh my exactly. God, yeah. this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> like an Atalanta-Napoli game. And which was which made the nil-nil in the first leg really strange, I thought, because, mm. you know, you usually expect a little bit more chaotic energy. But you got yeah, it in the second leg. Definitely and, got it. Um, I'm looking forward to that final, actually. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they did Juve, actually, Atalanta. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And I want to say as well, in, while we're here, um, Duvan Zapata having a lovely season. Oh my God, his goal. Good grief. But a lot of people were tweeting us about an angry goal and I'm not. I don't think no. it was actually. Yeah, he hit it and it stayed hit. I thought it was playful. Yes, I like that. I like that. And also like his assist, the masterpiece of the hold-up play. Yeah, it was so um, good. I love him, man. Gorgeous, gorgeous goal. So um, Matteo Pessina scored six minutes after he scored his opener. Beautiful build-up. Then Messina got the, the, the clincher uh, with 12 to go. And... All of Atlanta's goals, actually, in their own way, were beautiful. And I said this before, but Ilicic has just been balling out since his return. He is so happy in that lineup. He looks so good. I'm so happy for him because I was, we were really worried about him. Yeah, totally revigorated. Yeah, yeah. But the final's not till May, though. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm glad they get a bit of a break, but you know, that would have been, I would have loved to have seen that a bit earlier. Oh, quickly in the uh, second leg of the Juve Inter game, the zone commentator referred to Inter as Big Rom, Big Rom and Inter Myland. (laughs) 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 He really has found a home at Inter, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. Uh, There was cup games all around Europe this week. Um, Braga had another late equaliser against Porto after having a really late equaliser in the league on the weekend uh, that game finished one all second leg is on the 3rd of March oh my god Braga um, best home ground oh it's beautiful huh? so good Coupe de France PSG went through 1-0 against Carl Moise his goal was really lovely actually even though it, yeah. on the replay it looked like it wasn't as clean a contact but it was it was nice Neymar should be okay went off but should be okay yeah yep. it was a really nasty a nasty tackle on him though. he got hit with one about two minutes before I think mm. and then he got a second one and basically just walked off Limped down the tunnel, he was just like, I'm done. One interesting thing in this game, though, Javi Simons made his PSG senior debut, came on with, I think, like a quarter of an hour to go. Hell of a player. Hell of a player. But there's been so much hype about him for years. Mm. He left Barca, didn't he? He came through at Barca. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he'll be like Chavi, because I remember like Chavi at one point nearly went to Milan. Yeah. Well, I'll say nearly, but he kind of never, I mean, Chavi, so the story, the story goes that Xavi was offered 10 times his salary to go to, Bar- to, to, go to Milan mm-hmm. at a time and he wasn't really playing. And it was really painful for him because he was getting a lot of flack. Mm. They decided not to in football history, basically changed. And what fascinates me about Barca is they have so much talent coming through all the time that every now and again, inevitably, you have to let, they will let one wonder kid go. They will mm. because, and I don't want to be too harsh on Barca for this, because you have so many brilliant players coming through. You can't play them all. And you will lose every now and again a generational talent. And he was one that's been identified as such. And I'm just so happy that he is playing under Poch. This well, is the I mean, thing that getting makes his me debut really... under Poch. That's at 17 years old, coming on in a game. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't dead and buried that game either. 
No, you know, it wasn't no. like a five nil. You know what? Actually, a parallel with her, Yusufa Makoko. Yeah. See how Yusufa Makoko has actually come in and done a really big job for Dortmund. Sometimes in yeah. losing, but no, what I mean is like sometimes in losing causes, like what's amazing about Makoko and hopefully Chavi Simons takes us on too, is that even when Dortmund have been really poor and even when they've lost, he has been maybe one of the top three players. Mm. And I'm like, this kid is going to be... Oh, he's going to be amazing. I just oh wonder, I just really wish that there wasn't so much responsibility on such young shoulders already. Although in a weird kind of way, what I will say, and I've said this before, it kind of benefits him that they're not that good at the moment because... Yeah, maybe it takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, because he's not because he's not gone in like a massive scoring run. Imagine if they were like tanking teams 4-0 every mm. week and he was getting like the third or the fourth goal. Mm. That's actually smoke you don't want to be honest. Yeah. At this point. Actually, yeah. while we're in Germany, Christian Strike extended his contract at Freiburg. Good to see. Do you know what? We I just knew- love Christian Strike. I knew there was a good energy in the air this this, uh, yeah. this couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Um your favorite manager's favorite manager, probably. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if he isn't, then they're lying. If he was a musician, who would he be? Like your favorite musician's favorite musician, who would he be? Wow. I think Christian Strike might be Frank Zappa. Is there a big enough output for Zappa? Oh my God, are you kidding me? That's so interesting. I like the Zappa shout. I like the, no, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Don't get me wrong. I love the shout. Yeah, I think Christian Strike might be Zappa. Oh my goodness, this is so perfect. And cue a load of memes. Freiburg Zappa, that's so good. The Freiburg Zappa. Dude, that's perfect. <laughs> Quickly, before we wrap up, uh, it was also the Dutch Cup. Ajax beat PSV, getting revenge for their home, their league defeat not too long ago. Two goals for Sebastian Alle in the first 25 minutes. Wrapped it. It's so wild he's not playing in the Europa League. I know. That's unbelievable. Know. For those who don't know, Ajax didn't register him in the Europa League by accident. And he's been playing so well for them as well before, since he joined. Oh, yeah. goodness. So yeah, I like it when all of the cup competitions come around at the same time. Quite fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It'd be nice if they all, if we had a, like a good weekend to do it all. Should we wrap? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we're playing out on a tune that we should have played out on ages ago. Charles Manier, Sift Through Art, Collecting People. Shouts to the great Tad Munlix. We've played out on many of his aliases on the podcast already. Before we go, don't forget to check Righty's House if you haven't checked it already. Check theringer.com forward slash soccer. If you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It would be much appreciated. And apart from that, we hope everyone's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Staying safe, staying well, staying warm in Canada, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Cold we're, basking in the, we're basking in this minus 11 heat wave over here. So shout out to all the Canadians. <laughs> 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 I think that's everything for me. Anything you want to add, Musa Okwonga? I just did that. Um, every now and again, these messages come through on Instagram or email, and it's just lovely to hear from a kind of, I guess, community of listeners. That sounds a bit cheesy, I know, but like it does feel like there's a really lovely group of people who tune in, who listen in. Um, shout out to Spencer, sent me a beautiful message uh, just this week about listening to the podcast. So, yeah, like, really means a lot um, that you listen, uh, that you give us your time, and we'll keep it coming keep it coming yeah we might do something soon a little online community meet maybe maybe on a zoom or something yeah let's get into it let's do it get everyone involved yes yes oh god I've, I've, it's gonna that's gonna be carnage big zoom energy we'll get drug on his cooking wine <laughs> have a, a great great weekend everyone much love and we will be back on monday see you later